Well, good morning. It really is a privilege for me on this um, final Sunday to be bringing the word um, to you who have been my family for the last 20 years. Um, And I trust that the word that God has for us would both encourage us and challenge us this morning. Well, I know that uh, many of you have boats, and I think a lot of you were anticipating being able to use that this weekend, Um, but I guess the weather had other uh, plans for us with all this rain, although we do need it. Um, But I know a lot of you will be spending your summer out on the lake, riding around in your boat, And for a lot of you, this is where you feel at peace, out on the lake, in the calm and quiet. Uh, For me, it is actually just the opposite. (laughs) Uh, I don't need rough seas in order to become very sick when I am on a boat. And um, thanks to a boating incident that my father-in-law still apologizes for to this day, Um, boats bring me a little bit of anxiety uh, because you're supposed to stay in them, not fall out of them. Um, So if you stay later and you want to hear that story, I would be happy to tell it. Um, So it's actually really kind of funny to me that God would bring me this passage this morning given my uh, anxiety over boats. But um, this is the word that God gave me this morning. But today, with all of the advantages and advances we have in meteorology and all of the weather forecasts, which a lot of times are incorrect and those kinds of things, I don't know a single person who owns a boat that will take that boat out into the water without first checking the weather. I just, I have never met a person who would do that? It's like boater safety 101, right? You don't get on a boat when there's going to be a storm. You want to avoid the water at all costs. Well, our poor disciple friends did not have weather predicting technology when Jesus said, I want you to get in the boat and I want you to go across the lake. Well, they followed Jesus' command, but they had no idea that they were going to be heading into rough seas. Now, this is a very familiar passage for a lot of us. A lot of us have read it before. A lot of us have preached it before. A lot of us have heard sermons on it before. But I trust that God has something new for us today. Now, maybe it won't be something you haven't ever heard before, but perhaps maybe we'll just receive it in a new way. So before we dive in, I just want to recap the story for you just a little bit. So the disciples have been told by Jesus to get in the boat and to go on to the other side. Jesus was actually trying to get his disciples away from a potentially difficult situation. You see, Jesus had just gotten done preaching to a very large group of people. And these people were so excited about what they were hearing that they wanted to make Jesus their king. 
They wanted Jesus to come and rule and take over the ruling um, class, so to speak, to get rid of the oppression that they felt. And for many of the disciples, that was actually what they were expecting of Jesus as well, of the Messiah. But that's not why Jesus came. So he sends the disciples away, and Jesus needed some time to be alone, to pray. So the disciples get into the boat, and they begin their journey, which is just about six or seven miles from one end to the other. And as we read in the text, the disciples had been rowing for a very long time actually about nine hours they had been rowing and only got about halfway in that time because of the wind and because they were rowing against the wind. It was taking them forever to get where they needed to go. At about somewhere between 3 a.m. or 6 a.m., somewhere in there, they start seeing something coming toward them on the water. And their exhausted state, remember, they have been rowing and rowing and rowing, can actually help us understand why their very first thought was, it's a ghost. Or some other figment of their imagination. They were tired. They had been actively rowing for a really long time, and then all of a sudden, something is coming toward them that isn't supposed to be coming toward them, and they have no idea what it is. Their brains can't comprehend what they're seeing. They're confused, they're frustrated, and they can't even trust their own eyes at this point. But Jesus immediately calls out to them and says, don't be afraid. It is me. It is I. The actual word that is used in scripture there is I am. The name of God, I am, it is I. Your friend, your rabbi, you do not have to be afraid. And this is where we pick up our story in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, starting at verse 28. And I would love if you would stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. Peter is now talking. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And then they climbed into the boat, and the wind died down. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. 
God, may our eyes be open to the word we have just heard. May our hearts be open to the movement of your spirit among us. And may we keep ourselves in a posture of receiving so that we can fully receive what you have for us today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Well, there is so much that is going on in these few verses, and I, I could preach any number of sermons on this, in this passage, and we would still find other things that we could be looking at and learning about. But this morning, we're going to focus a little bit on Peter, a little bit on the boat, more importantly, on the calling. A lot of times when we read this passage and we get to that part about Peter, we just heave this great big sigh and we're like, Peter. We shake our heads at him and we're like, poor Peter. He just didn't have enough faith. But I think we are more like Peter than we would care to admit. So let's not be too quick to judge Peter here, because yes, we do see Peter begin to sink, but we also see a display of faith. So what is God wanting to say to us this morning? Well, I think it's five simple words. Get out of the boat. We're going to look at a couple of key players in the story. And first, the boat. My favorite part, right? The boat. For many of the disciples, the boat is like home for them. They were fishermen. It is what they knew. They were probably more comfortable in a boat than they were on land. And for the disciples at this very moment, in the middle of this storm and these relentless waves, the boat is a place of safety. The boat also holds their friends. These disciples who were together in the boat, they were experiencing this storm together. They weren't in the middle of this storm alone. They had each other. So why would you want to leave a perfectly good boat, right? Well, then there's Peter. He's in the boat. He's rowing all night with his friends. He was one of those fishermen. He knew a boat better than he knew anything. And he feels like he's going nowhere. Remember, they had been rowing and rowing and only made it about halfway. And then he sees it, this figure walking toward them. But then he hears the voice of his teacher. And his teacher says, don't be afraid. And what is his first response? I think we we see that Peter is a bit impulsive. We find that in other places in scripture. And he says, if it is you, call me to come to you on the water. Why was that his first thought? Let me get out of the boat and walk on the stormy seas. Impulsive, right? That was his first choice. 
I think there might have even been a little bit of sass in Peter's voice right then, like almost like, oh yeah, if it is you, prove it. But there was also faith, too. Because Peter knew this. He knew that if it was Jesus, if it really was Jesus, then anything was possible, even walking on water. And Jesus answers with one simple word and says, come. And Peter has a choice. I can either stay in the boat where it is safe or listen to the voice of my teacher and so he gets out of the boat. Well, then there's Jesus. Jesus is tired after teaching all day, dealing with people who want him to be this conquering king instead of the humble servant. He goes to spend time in prayer, and then he heads out to find his friends who are struggling. And he tells them not to be afraid. He hears Peter's challenge and gives one simple answer. Come on. Jesus is still using that same one-word answer today. And he's saying, come. Did you know that Jesus is calling you? Jesus doesn't just call pastors. He calls every single one of us. And even right in this very moment, Jesus is saying, come. He wants us to get out of the boat to follow him. Now, for some of us this morning, he could be calling you into a relationship with him for the first time. That might be the voice you hear saying, come. For some, he could be calling you to make a job change. For some, he could be calling you into a different ministry. For some, he could be calling you to step away from things that you are doing that are keeping you from experiencing the fullness of grace and peace that God has for you. And for some, he has called us to Ohio. Jesus is calling every single one of us right now. But let me ask you a question. What is keeping you from getting out of the boat? I think we could probably, in a group like this, start naming things and come up with a lengthy list of things that keep us from following Jesus and getting out of the boat. But I think there are two big ones that I want to focus on this morning. Number one is we can't hear Jesus calling. I don't know if you caught it, but even in the midst of the crazy, wild waves, the disciples were able to hear Jesus' voice. How? because they had spent so much time with him that they knew what Jesus' voice sounded like. They knew him. 
And I think sometimes we miss what God is calling us to because we don't know his voice. And if that's you this morning, I want to challenge you to spend time in God's word. This is his gift that teaches us his voice. Spend time in prayer asking God to help you hear it, to help you recognize it. And I can promise you that when you seek the voice of God with all of your heart, God is not going to let you down. We read it in Jeremiah 29, verses 13 and 14. God says, when you seek me in prayer and worship, you will find me available to you. If you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you, says the Lord. And the message translation puts it this way. God says, I will make sure you will not be disappointed. That is a promise from God. That when we seek him, when we want to learn how to hear his voice, he will not let us down. For some of us, it's not that we can't hear Jesus. We know his voice. We know what it sounds like. But we're making a choice to plug our ears. It reminds me of when my kids were little. And I said something they didn't want to hear, and they'd stick their fingers in their ears and like, oh, la, 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 I can't hear you, you know. That's some of us. When God starts talking, we don't want to hear it. Because God might be asking us to do something we're not comfortable with. And you see, when we do that, when we close our ears off to God, when we choose to stay in the boat, because we're ignoring the voice of God, we miss the grace that is right in front of us. We miss the amazing things that God wants to do in us and through us. I think the second reason we stay in the boat is because we focus on the waves instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus. Liz Barrington Forney writes this, our fears blind us to the arrival of the holy. What a simple and yet powerful statement that is. So often we allow our fears to distract us and overwhelm us, to keep us in the boat. And we miss Jesus who is walking toward us saying, come, come out here to me. I think sometimes it can be so easy for us to distrust the presence of Jesus. But he is always seeking our good. And how sad would it be if we were to dismiss Jesus' call and Jesus' presence as just some figment of our imagination. I pray that we will all have a deeper trust as we hear his words, even in the middle of our fear, saying, take heart, 
it is I. Do not be afraid. For Peter, he didn't begin his journey onto the water afraid. Actually, Peter showed great faith by getting out of the boat. But he lost sight of his Savior and began to sink. But even in his sinking, did you catch it? Even in his sinking, he knew Jesus would help him because he cried out, Lord, save me. There's even trust there because he knew God was going to pick him right up. And at that very moment, Scripture says immediately Jesus lifted him up. Do you realize that Jesus is so close that he simply reaches out his hand? Jesus comes to us where we are and meets us right there where we are, even in our doubt and fear, and picks us up. Sometimes, like Peter, I can rely too much on myself that I lose sight of where I'm going and where God is leading. But we need God's help to keep our eyes fixed on him and to trust that he will reach out to us and help us when we need it. You see, Peter had courage when his eyes were on Jesus. He had courage to do the impossible. But he floundered when he focused on his situation. And the same is true for us. But we don't have to be afraid to get out of the boat. We can trust in the goodness of God. We can trust in the voice that is calling us out. And we can trust in the hand that is reaching out to pick us up. We can trust that God is not going to call us out of the boat and then just leave us there. In the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the storm, promise after promise after promise in God's word tells us that. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, God is striding ahead of you. He is right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Don't be intimidated, and don't worry. Isaiah 41.10 says, don't panic. I am with you. There is no need to fear, for I am your God. I will give you strength. I will help you. I will hold you steady. I will keep a firm grip on you. And then the words from Jesus Later on in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 20 says, And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. We don't have to be afraid that God is going to leave us if we get out of the boat. We don't have to even be afraid of our own weaknesses or those places where we feel like we don't measure up. 
because we can trust that God is not going to call us to something new without equipping us to do exactly what he is calling us to do. 2 Peter 1.3 says his divine power has given us everything we need to experience life and to reflect God's true nature through the knowledge of the one who has called us by his glory and virtue. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Hebrews 13.20, now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of the blood of the internal covenant, may he work perfection into every part of you giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. And may he express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your life, through your union with Jesus, the anointed one, who is to receive all glory forever. Amen. Andrew Foster Connor says that we should be willing to step out of the boat, driven by an impulsive desire to get closer to Jesus, even when he is miles from solid ground. But yes, that first step out of the boat may be scary. We might not even be able to see where our feet will land But Jesus is calling out to us saying, don't be afraid. Come. Connors goes on and says that for every disciple who takes his or her call seriously, there is a lot to be afraid of. What if I take the greatest risk of my faith and God doesn't meet me there? What if the suffering I encounter responding to God's call is larger than the hope my faith is supposed to offer? What if I step out and discover my faith isn't strong enough? These fears are real, just as real as the wind and the waves were for those disciples. But... Just as real are the words that Jesus spoke over them. Take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. Jesus is calling to us, saying, don't be afraid. Come on. Connors again goes on and says, whatever the storm Whatever the uncertainties, whatever the fear, the disciple that is willing to risk a closer step toward Jesus has nothing to fear. With Jesus, there is courage to engage every change, every uncertainty, every fear. Without Jesus, we don't have much to offer the world. With Jesus, there is little else we need. What a good word that is for us. I have always been fascinated by that first step that Peter took as he climbed over the side of the boat because he was looking at Jesus 
not at the water. His mind was charged with Jesus' invitation saying, come on, come out here. Think about it for a minute. The waves are crashing. The Bible describes the waves as battering and thrashing the boat. These aren't just some little waves. These are the make you sick waves. Peter knows what he is asking, but he doesn't care about that. At this moment, he is not trying to escape what frightens him. The waves are all still there. He's not trying to run away from it. He just wants to get to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus called him to come. And did you notice in the scripture in verse 31, it says that when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. The scripture does not say that Peter sank. It says he began to sink. And then immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Our call is to come, to take the step of faith, to get out of the boat. And Jesus is right there, ready and willing to help us when we need it, to walk the journey with us. But we will never know where Jesus could have taken Peter in that moment. Who knows where they would have walked? We must fix our eyes on Jesus and not on our failures. Fix our eyes on Jesus and not on the, well, what if? Fix our eyes on Jesus and not what we are leaving behind. Fix our eyes on Jesus. It's a step of faith. It is trusting Jesus enough to say, I don't know where you're going. It looks kind of scary. But I'd rather get out of this boat and go with you than to stay here and miss what you have for me. Sarah Dillon Brewer writes, that kind of trust in Jesus, in my experience, comes from experience with the person of Jesus. That kind of trust comes because you have experienced the person of Jesus. The kind of trust I have in Jesus has come as I have experienced Jesus' generosity and mercy so much that I'm pretty sure that if Jesus is involved, then following Jesus is where I'm going to experience the most of the goodness and mercy that God has to offer. God is so good that he can be trusted in the middle of the waves, in the middle of the uncertainty. God is so good that we can take the big leap out of the boat. Personally, because I have learned in my life and in my walk with Jesus about the goodness of God. When God called, it was easy to say yes. Saying yes doesn't necessarily make the next steps easy, 
but I know my God can be trusted because he's never let me down. And I've experienced God's goodness and God's faithfulness over and over and over that I would rather follow God's call and get out of the boat and move to Ohio than to stay put. And that kind of future is open before each and every one of us because that call is the same for each and every one of us because in some way, Jesus is saying to you, come on, get out of the boat. I have more for you than you could ever imagine. Just come. You may be looking at the waves of uncertainty not knowing what's going to come next for you. You may be looking at the waves of goodbye for some of you are heading off to college, away from family and friends. No matter what those waves look like for you, God can be trusted when you place your life in God's hands. Can I challenge you to get out of the boat and to go where God is leading you? Don't let what you may have to leave behind stop you from following him. Don't let your fears or your worries stop you from following him. Can I challenge you to run? Chase after God with your whole heart when you hear him calling. Fix your eyes on God and then watch what happens. You never know where that step of faith will lead. And you know what? You just may walk on the water. Will you get out of the boat? Will you go where God is calling you to go? Will you take that step of faith and trust him, even when you don't know what it's going to look like? Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you for your encouragement in your word. We thank you for the challenge of your word. And God, in this moment, we just open our hearts up to you. For some of us, God, we need to learn what your voice sounds like. So would you help us to tune in? Would you, as the song says, tune our hearts to your grace today. God, for some of us, we've been hearing your voice calling us for a while. And we've been pushing it away because we don't know what those next steps are going to look like. We like to know where our feet are going to land. Would you help us to trust that if you're calling, you're going to be faithful, that you will not let our feet stumble, that you will be right there to pick us up, to walk with us, to carry us. Would you help us to trust in your voice? God, your goodness is more than we could even comprehend. I've seen it. I've experienced it. 
May we trust in your goodness. May we trust that you are chasing after us. May we trust that you want us to follow you. May we trust enough to take the step out of the boat. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song about the goodness of God. But I pray that you will hear the voice of your Savior calling you. I pray that you will fix your eyes on Jesus. And then walk on the water with him. Get out of the boat, my friends. Trust in his goodness. And then go in his grace and his peace. And so let's go together in the goodness of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the love of Jesus. It's wet out there. But let's step onto whatever water he's calling us to, whatever waves he's calling us toward, in his goodness and his grace. Amen. In a moment, the usher is going to come and dismiss you, and we're going to invite you to go down the sidewalk, in the Fellowship Hall entrance, and we have a loop where people can walk around and just greet our graduates. We just keep, keep moving you through the Fellowship Hall. They're there. I'm going to ask Pastor Serena if she'd go, and she's going to be there with a table um, for you to greet her, and you can bring a card or just your greetings. We just invite you now to go in the goodness, the goodness of the Lord. Amen.